Hi, this is Steve Peters, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. It is 11 a.m. on 3-12-2022. Welcome to Inspirato Projecto. Thank you so much for listening, by the way. And I had a wonderful time yesterday hanging out with my friend Tara. Um... She has a talent. There, there are those minds out there that just really enjoy. They're, one of their many art forms is cleaning things. And she wanted to help me kind of clean stuff up here as my sister is moving out. And so um, we hang out, listen to good music. I finally got a, you know, attacking my bathroom, which I've neglected. Um pretty much since the beginning of quarantine. I don't know if I ever said this on my on my podcast or not, but my little buddy Gonzo uh, died. I think I probably said this. He died at the beginning of quarantine. And uh, I'd see his little, his little paws were up on the, on the bathtub. I'd see his little paw prints. And uh, I just, I was so hesitant to um, to clean that away. So I realized as I've been seeing more and more of these ravens, which symbolize transformation, um, I mean, it's just definitely a lot of transformations going on all over the place with uh, my friends, my family, me. A lot of interesting projects that are unfolding, evolving, um, making themselves available. And it felt really good. I just, I just, you know, I just, like, I just went, I just went crazy. And, uh, and it was what I needed. You never realize just how much your environment is tied to your own mental, I don't want to say stability, but... It, you know, it makes sense. Like, I just keep hearing the message. Cleanliness is next to godliness. I keep hearing that message. It just keeps popping up over and over and over and over again through all these different avenues. And I'm like, okay, the universe is telling me something. And I realized that when Tara said, hey, can I, you know, come over and help you clean? And I was like, I realized that the universe was presenting me with this gift of like, look, you've been putting this off, you know, now you're going to have to start doing this. <laughs> Here you go. And this is the gentle approach, you know. Um, universe gently nudges you, gently, gently, gently nudges you. And then all of a sudden, it, the nudges get a little bit more, you know, noticeable. And uh, so if we just pay attention to those signs early on, it's like the rattle, rattle, little ding, 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 ding that's going on in the car. And you go, hmm, maybe it's time for me to go check that out now before it gets, before it steamrolls. Which, by the way, I saw this great video on, on uh, TikTok and I loved it because uh, I'm always using this analogy of the snowball. You know, you got one little snowflake, that'll just melt if you just sit there. But then you get another one, get another one, get another one. You got a snowball, and then you roll the snowball down the hill, and it rolls and rolls. This was something really cool on TikTok, how they said, look, I've only seen this before on cartoons. And they rolled the snowball right down the hill, and you saw it. It was picking it up, picking it up, picking it up. 
my God, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was like it turned into a wheel, like a tire. It was incredible. And you could just imagine this thing would just gain more and more momentum. It would just gain more and more momentum. Wow. Yeah, it started with a little snowball. So these things, these momentums go in all kinds of, as uh, Vadim Zeland talks about in his books, Reality Transurfing, he talks about the pendulum. You're swinging a pendulum in a direction. A revelation struck me. I think it was St. Thomas Aquinas. Was it? Let's check. Let's check. Let's check this resource. I remember it being attributed to him. Um, let's see. What? Someone told me a long time ago that So funny, someone told me a while ago. That um They said Saint Thomas Aquinas was attributed to the quote of saying that when a cat is purring, it is purring it's it's purring is a sign of pure enjoyment, pure satisfaction, pure love, pure just you know, all those great things, the things that are on the high vibration scale, the high vibration scale. And so, you know, that had popped into my brain because I was just, I was just laying with the cats and I like to call it the purr tunnel. If I lay between the two of them and they both purr up a storm and I just lay in between them, I'm like, oh man, this is great. This is great. So I've, I've frequently thought about just that idea of like, wow, the cats, the, the universe places the cats into our lives. Here the cats are just this natural unfolding of just pure senses, pure senses. They could care less about billboards. They don't care about keeping up with the Joneses. They don't care about any of the material stuff. They are just pure unfolding, pure language of the universe. And so when they're purring and, the, and, they're, and they're plugged into that pure enjoyment that is, that's why they say, that, you know, the frequency of a cat's purr is so healing. Um, and that's probably why. It's a reminder of the fact that we are these infinite beings, that we, we are source. We're these, you know, pure from source, infinite. And so when a cat is purring, it's reminding us of that infinity, of that infinite, uh, well, patience, I suppose, but really just contentment. Patience denotes restrainment. Patience denotes um so look at there are those ravens again. Now there are three of them. It just flew past my window and then off it went, way off in the distance. But it's funny because I don't feel like they're very far away from me at any time. Like I'll see them flying way over there, but I feel like they're they're staying like in my region or something. It's really cool. Um so yeah, I think that's why those ki- the cats are here to remind us of that, you know, just calmness. That's meditation right there. How do I meditate? How do I meditate? Go pet a cat. That's how you meditate. If you're if you're enjoying 
the natural unfolding of what's going on, the natural process of what's happening, then there's no, there's no need for, oh, I've got to be patient. Oh, my gosh, I'm so bored. No. Boredom. What does boredom come from? Oh, you better entertain me. That's, that's a sign of addiction, really, if I want to go down that rabbit hole trail. Boredom is the, is the, is the shadow side of addiction. Addiction to what? You know, TV or something. I'm bored. What are you bored with? I need someone to entertain me. Well, become your own entertainment. When you become your own entertainment and you appreciate your own ideas and your own thoughts and you just get a kick out of those ideas and you love them, you can be humble and love your your stuff. Love what's going on. You don't have to rub anything in anybody's faces. Nobody, nobody Nobody is required to intentionally make anybody feel jealous of what they're doing. There's no need for, for, for having that additional feeling of like, oh, they're, they're jealous. Like there's no need for that. If you're just doing what you're doing and you love it, there's no need for looking around to see if anyone else is watching what you're doing. That's when you know you're in pure enjoyment, when you're doing what you're doing because you love it and you love and you enjoy doing it. So, yeah, that had popped in my brain thinking about the cats. Just sit there with the cats. Just sit there. Just enjoy that moment. They bring you into the now. The cat brings you into the now because it's a one. It's like, wah, 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 wah. Let's go see if I can. Let's go see if I can get one of these cats burned. Put you into the driver's seat. Put you into the, actually the passenger seat. The cats are the motor. Hi, little dude. Hi, little man. Hi. Oh, little dude. Yeah. Hmm. Just the smell of that fur. It's pure nature. Hmm. Kisses under the chin. Hmm. Oliver is amazing because no matter what is going on, he could be sleeping, he could be doing anything. If you just go up to him, you just hug him. He just doesn't care. He's like, yes, please. He melts. He melts in your arms. You can pick him up at any time. He's just like, blah. Hmm. See, isn't that relaxing? Isn't that relaxing? You know? Just spending time with the cat. Just being there with the cat. They remind us of that. Just be. You don't have to impress anyone. You don't have to get, you know, oh, they got my goat. You don't got to get anybody's goat. You don't got to showboat or show off or, or... Like, it's possible to do something exciting without feeling the need to go, aren't you jealous? Why say that? There's no need to. There's to come on. Come on. Come on. 
when you're doing your own thing, you're enjoying what you're doing. There's no need for competition. There's no need to try to make anybody wish that they were doing what you were doing. It's possible for you to enjoy that Reese's peanut butter cup as much as you want to. And just because someone is making a different face than you are does not mean that they're enjoying it more. Or maybe they are. Maybe they're maybe they're really finding themselves being able to like really be in the now. Isn't that funny? It's like in these billboards and everything, it, there's always this, oh, look it. Here's another one. Hi, Marky. Hey, Marky. Hey, Marky. Let's see if we get Marky. He's the motor. He's the big motor. Hi, Marky. interesting look at they just have a little love a little of attention a little bit of attention and then they're oh they're so happy they're just so happy they're just so happy wow wow get yourself a cat if you can um yeah and i would suggest get an adult cat get one from a shelter you know, get a cat from a shelter. One that really, really just deserves a good home. Deserves someone to love them. Shelters. Go shelters all the way. 100% of the time. Every time. There's just so many of these animals that are out there. Um, animals, your pets should not be like trophies. They should be companions. That's really what they are. They're companions. Um, anyway, I think you've heard me preach. Let's go listen to a fun fact. Here's your fun fact. The proper name for a group of cats is a clouder. Hmm. A group of kittens is called a kindle. I wonder what Amazon thinks of that. Anyway, uh, stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. What kind of interesting facts, epiphanies, revelations, dreams have you had recently concerning animals, uh, paranormal entities, drywall, brushing teeth, uh, making mud castles, etc. and so forth. Call the hotline. It's a voicemail. 561-203-9179. Leave a message on there. Um, did you already know that? That fun fact? that Henry D. Horst just told you about? Did you already know about that? If so, let me know. Let me know of your fun facts that you have found. 561-203-9179. Uh, 
And now, another curious call. This is one more time with Gary Boosie. We got hung up on I don't know what happened there. I just want to say that Inspirado Projecto is what you're listening to, and it's absolutely fantastic. What else? What I say is Buddy Holly 2. All right, think about it. Buddy Holly part, the Buddy Holly story, part two. He ends up right at the plane crash because he lives. He lives. Buddy Holly lives. And he ends up singing karaoke, singing a little karaoke with the Holly crew. That's what happens. What do you think of that? What do you think? What do you think of that? Call Mel Gibson. All right. My Garibusi Inspirado Projecto. Garibusi. I'm truly honored that I'm getting these kinds of phone calls from all kinds of shapes, sizes, uh, intelligentsias, um, actors, writers, dreamers, hippies, easy riders. You catch my drift, babe? You catch my drift here? (laughs) Wowzers, Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Well, I'm heating up a fresh cup of coffee uh, in your honor, Gary Busey, because I know that you are a sober young man. Wow. You know, I met you, Mr. Busey. I actually met you at a cast party one time. Actually, I was an extra in a movie that you were in, and I also met you at the cast party. I don't know if you'll remember this. But, uh, oh gosh, what was the name of this? What was the name of this? My buddy T had put it together. And my buddy Lawrence had invited me to come out and be a part of this. I think my buddy Crafty was doing it as well. And uh, the scene was at a some bar in, in uh, Santa Monica. And so we shot there. And then... Um, we ended up afterwards going back to the director's house, I think. And this was in Newport? Or something? Malibu, Malibu, Malibu. And um, so, we, so we were hanging out at this person's house. There you were out there on the back patio. And we got to talking about stuff. And you asked me a question... And I started talking to you about something. And then you just... You just... You just... Got up and... And walked away. While I was in the middle of talking. And I thought that was such a curious thing. Such an an interesting... um, Conversation tactic to use. To just get up in the middle of the conversation and just walk away. You ask me the question. You asked me the question. I didn't just come up and start talking to you. But maybe I, you know, I know how I can get long-winded. I mean, after all, some people go, oh my gosh, I couldn't dare. I couldn't dare talk for an hour. Well, I've had podcasts that have probably gone for two hours by me just jabbering, jab, jab, jabbering. 
I could talk an hour. So it makes sense. And maybe I talked his ear off. Well, it was interesting after this, um, after this party, we ended up going up to this place called the Malibu Inn and Gary Busey. I didn't know this. He was in the band at the time. Now, this is actually interesting referencing because he talked about Buddy Holly too in this, uh, in this voice message, um, by calling 561-203-9179-er. As mentioned in that voice message, he talks about Buddy Holly too. I, I didn't know, or I forgot, I didn't realize at the time that he won an award for playing Buddy Holly, the Buddy Holly story. And, um, so we went to go, so his band at the time, he was singing, uh, oh my God, he's, he sang, the first song he started singing was the Beatles. And he starts singing, he's like, give me some of that rock and roll music, any old way you choose it, I got a bad beat. <laughs> It's got a back beat. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> just imagine there are people who just <clears throat> just talk normally like that. They talk normally like that, man. Like Rod Stewart, that always puzzled me growing up. It sounded like he always had to clear his throat. But no, that's just how he talks. The nodes, I always hear about the nodes. Maybe so. Maybe Gary Busey has nodes. Nodes in the throat. That's what gives it the gravel. That's what gives it the gravel. So yeah, he sang that song and then he sang... uh, He said something about... Oh gosh, he made a comment about Buddy Holly. I think this was at the moment where I realized this because he yeah he mentioned winning this award oh god which 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 buddy holly did he do oh gosh i forgot i forgot but there's a particular buddy holly song that he ended up singing while he was there so yeah, that's my Gary Busey story. So this is really cool that he happened to call in. So thank you, Gary. Thank you. Hello, Kurt. It's Maria. I just wanted to tell you how much I wish I could go up to Northern California to see Yachtley Crew play. Wow. Napa and everything. How fun is that? Oh my gosh. I love watching your TikTok videos too, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're causing giggles over here. <laughs> Keep doing your thing. I'm so glad you're doing well. And I'll talk to you soon. I'm glad you're still podcasting in between all your craziness. Okay, bye. Thank you, Maria, for calling in. My gosh, everybody. Do you know that Maria went out to a Yachtly Cruise show? It was at the Canyon Club, I believe. There are a few of those canyon clubs out there. And uh, that was my first time meeting her in person. And then she came out to cover the Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival. 
And you can hear all about this on her podcast series on Strong Body, Strong Soul. She also does a series of meditations. She's got lots of videos. She is all over the place. She's in charge of a phenomenal podcasting group on Facebook. Uh, Search her name, Maria Humphreys, H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y-S. Look up Strong Body, Strong Soul podcast. You will find it everywhere. Um, Maria, you know, we've been getting a lot more of these gigs, and I would not be surprised if Yatley Crew were to play in your area sometime soon. Sometime soon. We're going to be back at Surf Rodeo, you know. Um, that might be something fun to go to. I don't know the whole ticket situation on that yet, but, you know, if it's something affordable, what is affordable these days? Seems like everything is going through the roof, right? Prices on everything. It's like, come on, we're still kind of coming out of this quarantine here. Can you let us get on our feet a little bit before we start getting bombarded by these big prices. Oh, can't you wait to come into the bars again and drink those $20 craft beers? Wait, huh? Wait, what? Anyway, I look forward to Yachtly Crew playing near you again. Um, and just, you know, in general, just hanging out. Laughing like maniacs. Thank you for calling in again. I trust that your inspiration is flowing easily, effortlessly, and with lots of laughter. Take care, Maria. Go back when I was going to College of DuPage, which, by the way, College, College of DuPage is the same place where um, John and Jim Belushi went growing up. College of DuPage had uh, in the arts building it's something called the Prairie Light Review. This was a poet poetic publication that was put out, and uh, I think they even. I think I even got credited for being on the staff or something. Um, I think there are about three or four of these magazines that I contributed to. They were always looking for contributors, and I was always willing to contribute. Uh, And the way that I found out about this was Brian Reedy. Brian Reedy is the guy that I met in a fiction writing class that I had 
at COD. And he was talking about Prairie Light Review. And so I, I entered um, these various things. So this one, see, COD has scanned these and put them up online. And it's really cool because I forgot that these were up here. So there's, here it is, the Prairie Light Review, Volume 14, Number 3, Article 22, Summer 8-1-1995. And here we go. This is called Fun for the Family. Fun for the Family. Here it is, my friend, Pez, my long-lost friend. How long has it been hidden away? Three years more? In dusty drawer under some old love letters. It's rather ironic. Though even while being hidden away in the dusty drawer, somehow it had the chance to visit China, Hungary, Yugoslavia. Pez is my vitamins, my drug. Every few moments I need my fix. When I eat them, I get cavities. How must I pay for all these dentist bills? Maybe I can give them Pez instead of money? Then my dentist will get cavities. Pez likes to live in plastic machines. Astronauts in a rocket ship. 12 bullets in a gun. A clam in a shell. Underwear in a drawer. Sardines in a jar. Feet in shoes. Pirates on a ship. Squirrels in a tree. Why does Pez only come in three colors? Grape, lemon, orange? Oh well, I guess Pez is simple and predictable in many ways, but completely mysterious in others. Goodbye, Pez. So you could tell I probably had gotten Pez for a Christmas present. Or even um, a birthday. So here we go. We're going to... This one is called The Pianist. Now, the way that you read this, it is um, an anagram, if you will. So I'm trying to figure out how I'd actually say this. Um... So here we go. Here we go. Um, volume 14, number one. Seasonal Dreams. That must have been the name of it. Article 53. Fall, 12-1-1994. The Pianist. By Kurt Clendenin. Watches closely from backstage as the crowd enters the auditorium. Open-mouthed, he peers through his eyebrows at the beautiful lady in the front row. She's a magnet, carefully sculpted from epitome of fascination. The nightingale's name is Ginger, his wife. The lights slowly dim, the crowd quiets down, and the familiar nervous tick arrives on his lip just as he neatly sits himself on the wooden stool in front of the grand piano. Lights slowly come back on. The crowd applauds. He cracks his fingers, then gently sets them on the correct keys. Many eyebrows raise in anticipation as he flips a sheet of music 
An awesome thing happens. His fingers instantaneously wriggle in a dynamic James Brown-like boogie across the keyboard, an excitability normally only found in small hyperactive children. Each uniformed note emanates through the auditorium with meat cleaver sharp clarity. He can't hear one iota, so when he makes a mistake, it's easy to forgive himself and keep going. After other various famous pieces have been performed, he wipes the sweat from his forehead with his sleeve and stands up exhausted. The audience standingly ovatiates him. He turns to look at his radiant wife, an isolated sculpture in an ultraviolet garden, then leaves the stage. That was on page 55. So if you look at the way that it's written, it's Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Those are the key letters that start off um, each of these particular lines. Let's see. This can't be the only one. There's got to be. Hmm. Oh, maybe, maybe they, uh, ooh. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is called... Um, Who cares about the Martians? Why is her head so big? Volume 16, number 1, article 32. Winter, 3-1, 1996. Who cares about the Martians? Why is her head so big? By Kurt Clendenin. Yes, you could say Sally has a fairly large head. Last Friday, 50 witnesses in a small town saw a spaceship land on top of it while she stood fishing at the end of a pier in Madison, Wisconsin. A little metal hatch opened up on the side of the spaceship and seven blue... Ten-inch-tall Martians holding wooden spoons stepped out. The crowd stared in wonderment. Sally continued fishing. Bait, cast, catch, unhook, throwback. The small blue Martians spoke in unison like a barbershop quartet singing on a street corner. Take me to your leader. The crowd gasped as Jim Bob, the local one-armed paperboy, stepped out from the crowd and stated, We ain't got no leaders around here, sir. Except maybe the ice cream man, Mr. Bonaparte, and he, he ain't closer than another several miles or so. Sally continued, Bait, cast, catch, unhook, throwback. The small blue Martian spoke again. Take me to your ice cream. A confused look formed on their faces as Officer Jim John, the local deputy and police chief, stepped from the crowd with his hands out in front of him and said, J Just tell us what you want, little buddies. No, nobody's going to get hurt. Just tell us what you're doing here and everything will go. As Grandma used to say, smooth as butter. Sally still continued. Bait, cast, catch, unhook, throwback. 
A pondering look formed on the faces of the blue Martians and, in complete unification, started beating Sally on her head with their little wooden spoons. A petrified expression formed on the crowd's faces as they all took an immediate step backwards. Without so much as a blink of an eye, Sally persistently continued. Bait, cast, catch, unhook, throw back. The tiny blue Martians entered their spaceship and flew off in the direction of where they thought the ice cream man lived. The crowd stared in astonishment. Bait, cast, catch, unhook, throw back. This is Atlas the Dragon. I am calling once more on behalf of Nonchalance and Burrell's Bridge Society. I am here in Crossville, Tennessee, and I have found something absolutely magnificent. Find your way. It's not hard. All you have to do is look inside. Remember, you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Wowzers, that is Atlas Dragon from the Varel's Bridge Society, which of course is connected with Christor Inc. I believe somewhere on this episode there will be a Christor Inc. Um, promo, so you can hear what they're all about. Check them out, ChristorInc.com. The Varel's Bridge Society is an offshoot of that. Now, I did not get a chance to talk... Uh, to Atlas Dragon from the Varel's Bridge Society as they are a very uh, expansive organization. You can find them on Discord as well, Christor Inc. Um, they're a part of Nonchalance. Uh, so I did get a chance to interview Corporal 13 from the Varel's Bridge Society, uh, which is a series of parallel universes based on colors, based on the colors of the bridges. Um, some areas it's the Golden Gate Bridge, others it's the Green Bridge, it's the uh, Blue Bridge, Red Bridge, uh, Yellow Bridge, I believe there's Yellow Bridge, and during the interview, this is during the Kapow Intergalactic Virtual Film Festival, I was interviewing a lot of these guys during, because quarantine was going on, so we still figured out a way to make that film festival happen. And we did it through a thing called Filmocracy, and then we figured out how to use Twitch finally, and then we figured out how to integrate that with Zoom. Oh my gosh, it was a crazy process. However, we figured out how to do it, and um, I had this interview with these two wise guys. Uh, oh yeah, the the second one was Hugh from Chris Torch. Chris Torch is the rival um, company of Chris Torch. And Chris Torch was on that phone call. They hacked in. Uh, they, uh, they are so. Chris Tor, Varel's Bridge Society, they are all a part of. I would say the 
big umbrella is nonchalance, and these are all sort of offshoots of it. They all belong in the same world to various degrees. Dispatches from Elsewhere, which uh, was on AMC. I also interviewed Spencer McCall on a number of podcasts. Spencer McCall is the man who created the Institute based on the Jejun Institute, Institute, which was happening in San Francisco. There was a great documentary out about that, the Institute. Check it out. He directed it. I always wanted about him, and I always wanted to meet him. And wouldn't you know, while I was doing Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival, this is before the quarantine, he ended up sending in a play um, that he had an idea for. But he put it together. It was a musical based on Christmas Carol, uh, Christmas Carol meets 9-11. And so... He, he did it in sort of like a, a cartoon format and sent that to us. And I go, wait a second, this guy worked on Institute. So I immediately got a hold of him and I interviewed him. I was able to talk to Wiley Herman, who's largely responsible for Christor Inc. So the Jujun Institute is also, they're a part of Nonchalance. Another group also part of Nonchalance is the Latitude Society. And there's a great documentary out about the Latitude Society called in bright axiom in bright axiom is a phrase that they use over there um i know this can get very convoluted however it's all part of even dispatches from elsewhere they're all a part of the same world oh um greenview boulevard or green valley boulevard greenview boulevard um is free you can see that that um feature film and that is on the christor inc website i believe uh it gets really really deep in there um it's a magical place wonderful people are behind the sh- these uh shenanigans and all also varel's bridge society now has their own podcast this is a very deep network of things so um if you want to feed your brain Feed your imagination in ways that you might feel that you are currently yearning for, you are hungry for. Uh, I think these are great things to investigate. Let's see. Who do we got next here? It seems like I think we have a phone call coming in here. We have another phone call. Oh, I know. I know who, who we got here. Hold on. Hold on to your horses. By the way, you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Should you ever decide to call into the hotline, call 561-203-9179. 561-203-9179. Call the hotline. Leave a strange message. Leave, leave an authentic message. Leave an imaginative message. It's up to you. Is there a cryptid sighting? I want to hear all about it. Let me hear about it because I want to share what you're doing with the next person that listens to this podcast. Thank you. Oh, man. It's 722. Uh, It's right now um, March 14th. And uh, I just got to, I just learned from my mom that 
they're trying to figure out little why little Dylan was not acting himself and just kind of hiding a lot and stuff. Dylan is the cat. Um, in my past podcast episode, I drove my mom. My mom moved out to Nashville, Nashville area, with my brother, my step, or my sister in law. She moved out to that area, and uh, I have a podcast episode where I took her car from Villa Park. Illinois and drove her cat Dylan out across the country um, with a series of updates um, driving the car you know out to out to to Nashville area and so little Dylan sweet little Dylan I have a TikTok of him sweet little oh just sweet little Dylan my mom, so my mom took him into the vet. She found out that he has cancer. So she's got to take him in tomorrow to put him to sleep. And, oh, man, it's just never an easy thing. Who you hear me uh, purring right here, this is Marky. Marky and Oliver make uh, guest appearances on the podcast every once in a while. I want to try to do a lot more because uh, my sister is going to be taking these guys out out of here to go live with her and her fiancé. But um, these two guys, Oliver and Mark, used to live when with my mom and sister back in the Chicagoland area for, for a time when they were living together. So they're living with my mom's cat, Dylan, and then Jenny's cats, Oliver and Marky. These little guys. So they got to put them to sleep. Gosh, you know, it's so crazy. All this stuff that I learned about Dolores Cannon, from Dolores Cannon, about the afterlife and reincarnation and all this stuff. It would just be, like, so interesting to know if you can make an agreement with your pet that like when they transition into their new reincarnation um could they please find us and make us aware of this i mean wouldn't that be great if you're walking down the street and your 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 first cat from when you were a little kid is now reincarnated as this person and the person comes up to you starts telling you all this stuff about how they were your cat there's this really cool movie that I saw with a guy who is really close to his grandma. Really co- close to his grandma. And before she dies, you know, they both believe in reincarnation. Before she dies, they come up with this really intricate, extraordinary handshake. So um, when they reincarnate into a future life, you know, when she dies or he dies and they reincarnate into another life, they'll be able to tell each other by that handshake. They'll be able to look at that and go, oh, that's grandma. Like, wouldn't that be great to make that pact with your animals? And, and your loved ones, too, before they pass, before they transition into the next stage. Like, one would think that if you make that, you know, like they say the Akashic Records has everything. So if you make that promise out loud, 
you'd think they'd be recorded in there. And then uh, they'd be able to, you know, there, there'd be something that you'd, you'd that you could do or something that could be said or some sp- specific happening that would occur that allowed you to be aware of that. <laughs> You're so cool, dude. He's laying on my chest. Once I started listening to my mom tell me about this story about little Dylan, I just started, oh, man, I'm just not feeling good crying. And then this little fella hopped up on my chest and laid here. I love how animals are aware of what we're feeling, what we're going through. I love that. They're just totally aware. They're just totally aware. There are those cats that, um, these magical cats that, like, they'll go sit up next to a person and, you know, they'll put their hand on their chest or something. I think there are the cats that could tell if someone is sick in addition to healing people. I think that was the thing I was watching. I think it was something where someone was nauseous or not feeling good or had a headache or something. And the cat hopped up on them and put its hand on the person and it went away. These cats have got me so trained that they could just walk over here into the kitchen and just st- stand there and uh, and then just look at me. They don't even have to meow or anything. Look at they just come into the kitchen, they sit here, and then they just look up at me, like, "All right, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know what's na- You know what we're here for." Oh my god. So I have some of their food already in dry. You know, they like to munch on their dry food every once in a while. So throughout the day, I mean, I don't know how many times this happens, but throughout the day, the vet told us that Marky, Marky's like a real-life Garfield. Um, he told us that he's like, yeah, Marky's like the equivalent of if you were like 300 pounds. And I'm like, whoa, okay. It's hard. It's hard to not feed Marky, because he starts doing. I call Marchy Marky. He's so cute. He looks at you with these big eyes, and then he marches in place. His little feet. He goes do boop boop boop. One little foot to the other foot. He's just like beep beep beep. Hey, it's like he's kneading the dough. Hey, my gosh, just so so adorable. You want this? See if we can get a close up of Oliver eating. Gosh, isn't that great? Like, animals. They appreciate, the, I mean, there are a few things in life that really gets them going, that really excites them. Playing with them, eating, sleeping, treats. Very simple. And you see how excited they get? Like, it's Christmas. Every time you give them food, it's just great. They're just, they love it. They're so appreciative. 
that's the other great thing about animals. Is that they, they're showing you the, the root authenticity. Being content where they're at. Loving the affection. Returning the affection. Listening to you. You know, just just being and, and, and appreciating the simplest things in life. How cool is that? April, um, after having done an episode on obsolescence, I figured I'm going to do a regular, like kind of like monthly episode on obsolete technology and man's struggle to keep up with technology. What are your thoughts about obsolete tech, obsolescence? Do you need to upgrade? Do you not want to upgrade? What's the struggles of upgrading? Like my Apple Watch that doesn't work on new phones, but it works on an older iPhone. So it's already considered vintage. Um, and Apple just said that certain iPhones are vintage. I think Apple 6, 6 Plus are vintage. So you have all this stuff's obsolete. Do you keep it? Do you throw it into a landfill? Do you try to keep being environmentally conscious what are your thoughts about obsolete tech you listen to man behind the machine on inspirato projecto man behind the machine is he a man is he a machine i don't know but i like his show <laughs> I just made up that theme song for you. You know, now you're giving me ideas of like a sci-fi where there's a robot who goes obsolete, obsolete, obsolete. Maybe it says obsolete three times. And then if you, it, it, it's like you got to put in a passcode. Otherwise, then it goes. So then it goes obsolete, 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 delete. Obsolete, delete. And once it's in that stage, you're like, oh, no, this thing is going to go haywire. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I try to keep the phones and stuff that I have because I realize, man, I, you know, very few times, and I, and I need to get into this habit more, I need to migrate this stuff over from my phone onto my computer, onto a hard drive. I need to do more of that so my files are kept in more than one spot because I've got phones that still have a lot of data, a lot of, a lot of, you know, movies and stuff that's shot on them that I want to be able to move over. And so, um, I mean, heck I've got phones that still have phone numbers on them that for some reason were just not able to be transferred over. And I always think that like, if I keep, keep these phones, those are extra cameras. So let's say if I shoot movies or something, I got four cameras I could set up and shoot at once. And me saying this out loud, I think it's always important. Um, <laughs> it's always important for me to hear myself say this stuff out loud because then I'm, I'm reassured and reaffirmed in the fact that it's like, oh, okay, huh, 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 that's something to use. It's interesting because, you know, vintage, it's such a funny word, isn't it? Or retro. Ooh, that's retro. I was just telling someone it doesn't feel like the 80s was that long ago. It's so weird. The 80s, to, to me right now, is like the, the 60s of when I was a young kid. And I'd hear my f mom and dad talk about the 60s. It's like, that's the 80s right now for the kids. 
It's like, what the heck? That must sound like so old. Oh my gosh. But you know, what's so interesting is that as we've seen, you stick around. That's, that's what's funny. The longer you stick around, the more you'll see these old fashions come back. We, we always see that. I mean, heck, now there are those councils that you can get, just like you were talking about in one of those other episodes. Um, you're talking about the cool, like, handheld little arcade. I remember my friend had that, the, the Pac-Man one. If it's the same one that you have that I'm thinking of, and it's like, I don't know. It's like a little, like a little, little, little game. And um, I loved that. I always wanted one of those things. I was just fascinated by that. Anytime I went over to my buddy's house and he had it, I was like, oh, I got to play this. This is before I think the Atari 2600 happened. I can't remember if we had it by then or not. But yeah, obsolete stuff, that's what's tricky. You'd hope, you'd hope that with whatever new incarnations there are of a thing, you'd hope that they'd sort of, quote, grandfather in, unquote, uh, your technology. You'd hope. I'd hope that's what they do. Just because that's, that's what I would do if I had a company like that. I'd be like, yeah, we're considering you. Why not? Why should I shut you off out of here entirely to punish you for not upgrading to this latest, you know, $1,300 phone or whatever? I like the good old days when things seem to, like, last longer. Um, so I like to try to push those boundaries, I think, to see, like, how far can I, how far can I push the technology? Not like, oh, yeah, man, you know, make it try to handle a whole lot of crazy stuff, but just, like, just see, like, okay, how long... Like, I believe in, in this thing's ability to, to keep going. I don't like the idea that there's something called planned obsolescence. I don't like that idea. That just, whenever there's something like that, that's just nefarious activity. How many people like that kind of clandestine behavior? If you were to say, oh, one of your family members is doing this. This is what's going on. One of your, you know, your lover your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, this is what they're doing to you. This is what they're doing to your family. This is what they're doing. Do you agree with that? Do you like that? It's interesting when we take certain concepts and we go and we we zero it in down more into like a very personal level, one-on-one -on -one type of thing. It's like, whoa, whoa. Um, obsolete, obsolete. I, I prefer laptops that still have a CD player in it. Call me crazy. Why not? Why take it out? Just leave it in there. Just leave it in there. Come on, guys. If I want a laptop, I want the CD player. I want to be able to play DVDs in this thing. Um, which, by the way, I'm curious... If you have noticed that the music on iTunes sounds different than the music that you remember hearing on the cassettes, on the CDs, on the records, they're doing something, man. They're calling it remastering, but uh, I think they're alternate takes. Something is telling me. They're cracking in there. Because I'm noticing... I, I want to I do an investigation into these original tapes. I still have uh, some cassette tapes. Uh... And CDs too. So that might be something interesting to test. 
Because I, the last thing I want is for them to replace. Because imagine these new kids coming into the world, and they hear this. I they hear iTunes, Apple, Spotify, or you know, I'm sorry, um, Amazon, Spotify, whatever. And they hear these different versions of these songs. To them, that's what that song sounds like. But we know better, don't we? So now what? We don't get to share in that true, actual, real-life, actual vibe that was stamped into that original song. It's now been altered. I saw some kid on TikTok reference Fahrenheit 451, the movie. He was referencing the remake of, you know, like the reboot or whatever. Or whatever, whatever. I think they did it, what, a miniseries? But they didn't at all reference the very old one, very first one. And so there, there's always those who, you know, that's the other interesting thing. There are, always, there, there are always those who don't know what is new or old or whatever, just like what happened with Stevie Nicks with uh, Fleetwood Mac with the guy drinking his Kool-Aid. And all of a sudden, bam, Fleetwood Mac through the roof. Kids who've never heard of him, now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, brand new. What's older to us? Brand new to someone else. And, always, and then there's always, you know, it's like the kids who are tired of like, whatever's going on now, they want to go back and they want to search. They want to investigate. They want to see what's back there. So whatever's ob- going to seemingly seem become obsolete, I think that's the other thing too. We're going to see the time between when something seems obsolete and when it's right back in the game again, the gap between those things close. We're going to see it happen. A quicker turnaround, I think. Because we're running out of directions for where there was innovation. You'll see people dip right back into the 60s, bam, into the 70s, bam, into the 80s. I'm seeing a big upsurgence in 80s. Um, Now, then, you know, someone's going to go 90s. What does 2000s mean to you, you know? So, and then we're going to go dip back down in the 30s and the 20s, and who knows? Maybe it's going to get very medieval for a time, very renaissanceical. Maybe we'll see people dressed like you know the the bards the jesters more princesses more kings more knights more people wearing armor chainmail who knows maybe it'll become a trend for ladies to start wearing that chastity belt obsolete obsolete thank you man behind the machine Inspirato Projecto. 
It's a face palm, a face palm, a balm of calm, like a napalm bomb. It's a face palm, a face palm, crumbly malm of loamy alms. And how soon do you think you're to do it again? It's a face palm, a face palm, here it come alms, playing Brahms on prom. And how soon do you think you're to do it again? The horns from Guam, Guam to the cable comes. Are the Gram Ram diatoms glam in their moms? It's a face palm, a face palm. The book of Psalms and rhymes and rums. And how soon do you think you'll do it again?